Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Alright everybody, welcome to another edition of the Shot Show. We are super excited to be going back to our roots. It is finally football season. This podcast started almost a year ago as basically exclusively a football podcast. You know, we, we always wanted to talk about other sports and we knew that we were going to, but this is our bread and butter here. We, we were a football podcast first and foremost, and we're excited to get back to it with our uh, season preview. So, my name is Curtis, I'm your host tonight. I am joined by... Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Let's get into it, guys. So we'll start with the real McCall. Grayson McCall coming back, uh, Heisman candidate. The university is pushing his uh, his Heisman candidacy and trying to get him uh, national news. Now, I don't know if he'll make it that far, but he's one of the best athletes to play in the group of five, if not the best this season. What are you expecting out of uh, big number 10 this season? <laughs> Yeah, he's obviously had the offseason hype. It's not as crazy as it was last year. I feel like he was – when you look at the ESPN just put out their top 100 returning players of last year, like for this upcoming season, he's actually lower this year than he was lag heading into last year, which doesn't make much sense to me. But he's 35th in the country, which I think is very low. And he, on these lists, you generally see him as the sixth or the seventh best quarterback. But if you actually want to look at numbers and look at stats – and look at what he provides with his team. I feel like all of us obviously here would agree that he might he's top two quarterback in the country heading into this year. And even if everything else around the whole team kind of took a dive down, or not necessarily, but we don't know what's coming in to replace those guys. When you have a guy like that at quarterback, your floor is automatically raised so much. And I think I think he's going to have a stellar season. And this needs to be his record-breaking year where he plays not just two quarters in a game and then sits. We have a little bit of a tougher schedule. So I think this is the year he sets some records. I think this is going to be, like you said, another breakout year for him. He has to have an outstanding performance from game one all the way to the end of the finals game. You know, He's got to go out and do what he has to do to win games for us. You talked about the schedule, Josh. The schedule's gotten a lot tougher. You know, we got some new teams coming into the Sun Belt. We're playing Virginia on the road. We got App State at home. We got to try to get them back. So, you know, I can see him having a great, you know, and I don't want them to take him out. Like you said, try to keep building his stats, padding his stats, get him to where he needs to be. Let's try to get him to New York for the Heisman this year. And, you know, he's really the bread and butter of this team. And he, we, I'll say it again. We go as far as he takes us when he's quarterback. So, um, for us to have an for us to have a potential undefeated season, for us to go to a bigger bowl game than where we've been the last two years, he's got to go out and do what he has to do. And people have been sleeping on him, but we all know for those that sleep on Grace McCall, he loves to prove doubt, prove doubters wrong. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I'm excited to see Tim back under center and healthy. Yes, sir. That he's healthy. Yeah, Grayson McCall, to me, he's that, like, under-the-radar type quarterback, you know? He's having, like – there's some stats that he has that are, like, un- like under-the-radar, they're historic. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football. 
this is just like Jordan said, this is a proving year for him. You know, he's going to have to prove a lot. There's a lot of difficult teams on this schedule he's going to face. The one game I'm interested in, and this is going to be like the big test for me, is Buffalo. Because Buffalo, the Buffalo game that he had last year, you know, there was like he was still good, but there was still like a little like stuff you can nitpick at. If he has a better game against Buffalo this year, it really shows like how much he has improved from last year. And last year he was great, but this year is just going to be like, you know, if he ends up having a great game against Buffalo, as great defensively as they are, that might be like a real proven game as well. And plus, on top of that, App State obviously is a game we all look at. He usually has like a really good game against App State, but. There's a lot of games on this schedule this year that he's going to have to prove himself that he is that guy. And if he does that, then there's a good case he could end up going within those early rounds. Yeah, I don't pretend to be an insider. I'm not the Adam Schefter of Coastal Carolina, but I do have sources inside the program. And I sent out a couple text messages earlier this week and just kind of general, generic, how you feeling? What does the team look like? What's the atmosphere in the building? And... The word that I got sent back was growth. And a lot of that had to do with number 10. Is he left last season, had the off-season shoulder injury. Everybody wrote him off and said, well, that's it. You know, he's, he's going to be a worse quarterback coming back. And everybody that I've talked to inside the Norman Fieldhouse tells me, no, he came back better. He came back stronger. He came back more determined to win and to drive Coastal to new heights, which is exciting for me. And it's exciting for a lot of Coastal fans, and, and you should be excited. You know, they start off the season with Army, who is not going to be an easy team to, to win. You know, that triple option is daunting at the best of times. And as much as we love Josiah Stewart on our side of the ball, he was the number three sack get, returning sack getter in the NCAA. Number one is Will Anderson, who's probably going to be the number one overall pick last year. And number two is a defensive end from Army. Like, Grayson McCall is going to be under pressure all game. And I think that Army game is going to be the, the, the game to circle early on. I know it's week one, but then you play Gardner-Webb and whatever. And I think Grayson McCall is going to come out, and he's going to play really well. The other side of that, and, and moving on to like the next thing here, is he has to find all new weapons. He doesn't have a returning Isaiah Likely or Javon Hiley to, to get the ball to and, and to continuously feed. He's got a new transfer wide receiver that we're really excited about in Sam Pinckney. He's got a really good tight end in TJ Ivey. The offensive line is returning some guy, well, one guy, and he looks really good. And, you know, there's a couple of, of running backs that are coming back, but man, Grayson McCall has to do all this with a new team around him, essentially. Yeah, and like you just mentioned, we lost all those guys. Likely, Hiley, and Cam Brown, who you didn't even mention there because he only had like 500 yards for us last year and a couple of touchdowns. They're all currently on NFL rosters, and it's August 23rd. I think when the first round of cuts is next week or something, but they've made it through minicamp. To have the top three weapons from last year's team all on NFL rosters right now, you have to replace that, and – you mentioned a couple guys. We know Sam Pickney's going to play. But as far as what we saw from last year, we only saw little glimpses of guys like Tyson Mobley and Aaron Bedgood. And with these transfers and not many transfers coming in, but with these freshmen receivers, we don't really know who's actually going to be playing the snaps against Army. And that's not going to be one of those games where you're going to play your backups and you're going to get to see everybody. No, that's going to be 
the one of the worst matchups you can have is in week one with an unexperienced team is Army, who's probably one of the most disciplined teams in the country. So pretty much everything we don't know, we're going to find out week one about this whole team as a whole. Yeah, I, I'm very – I'm not nervous. I'm just eager to see what these guys are going to do, waiting their turn from the two years that they've waited for the guys that have gone on to the NFL and playing in the Canadian League. I'm eager to see how they're going to come out. You know, it's first game. It's going to be a sellout. Everybody's going to come out to that game. I think it's going to be a teal out. So it is. It's going to, it's going to be – It's going to be electric. It's going to be electric for sure. And, you know, Aaron Bedgood, you mentioned him, Josh. He had a big game um, in the Cure Bowl. You know, Reese White, Braden Bennett, I'm eager to see what those two are going to do because we've had a pretty good rushing game two years. And I want to see how Reese White and Braden Bennett, um, you know, how they perform this year. And you mentioned, you know, Sam Pinckney coming in, the transfer. You know, I'm just eager to see what he can produce if he's going to be that new number one. And there's some guys that are under the radar that we haven't even mentioned. We just don't know that much about this team yet. But come week one, we will find out who's going to be – who's going to come out ready to play and who's not going to come out ready to play. It's going to tell. The coaches are going to – they're going to know for sure. It's so, going to be very visible week one. I'm eager to see how they're, they're going to play because Army – people sleep on Army. Army's no joke. Army beat a really good Missouri team last year in their bowl game. So they're going to come down to Conway wanting to get a – and knock out Coastal. So we'll just see what happens. But I'm, I'm picking our guys for sure. Right. And I think we're going to see, like, a lot of new stuff, too, this year as, it, as like, time progresses, especially from Grayson McCall. Something's telling me he's, as gr- he's great as he is right now. Something's telling me we're going to see a lot more from him. He's got that new mustache coming in. You know, I'm expecting a, I'm expecting something new from Grayson McCall. I'm expecting I'm expecting to do something new, pull something out of a – pull a new trick out of the hat. I mean, we'll see. I mean, when he does have like really good offensive weapons, Braden Bennett is coming back. I believe, uh, I believe uh, Reese is back as well. So, like, don't count those guys out. Well, you said, yeah, like you said, I think his shoulder better be good because one thing I'm expecting, especially early in the season, is that he's going to have to go back to what he did those first few games when he was a freshman and just be a gamer out there and make plays with himself. It's not going to be Isaiah Likely and Highly out there every game where you can just throw to and you got your quick routes. They're going to hit it every single time. They're always going to beat their man. He's going to have to make a lot of plays. I think way more plays this year than last year by himself. And he's really going to have to put that load on him. And I don't think that's a bad thing because he's one of the most talented players in the country, but a lot of the offense is going to fall on Grace McCall this year. His usage rate, I expect is going to be off the charts. Right, and on, and on top of that, that's just going to make it even more better is the fact that he doesn't have Isaiah Lecky, he doesn't have Javon Hiley. If he still performs the way he has been doing in past years or is even better, there's no doubt that he could play with anybody who's on any given team and he can turn that He's going to have to there's do no more. Doubt about it. He's going to have to do more, exactly. But if he continues if he continues to progress like we have seen in years and he does it with a completely new roster and a completely new offensive squad – there ain't no doubt that this guy is definitely can definitely become a really good NFL quarterback and lead a team. Yeah, I think what you said there uh, a little bit earlier there, Josh, of of Grace McCall is going to have to be a playmaker in the first couple games. I think he's really going to have to carry this team. Now, that's not to say that the team around him is bad. There's a lot of good players. I mean, that running back room is one of the best in the group of fantastic. Five. 
Like Braden Bennett is is no slouch. Reese White is no slouch. Aaron Bedgood, you know, some of the guys below them even I expect to get get decent touches, um, you know, and, and perform. But I think a lot of this offense is going to be that, you know, inverted veer, triple option type, you know, offense that, that we really ran to perfection. Like you said, his freshman year where he yep. took a beating behind an offensive line that was – pretty terrible and it wasn't until that offensive line got a little bit of momentum late in the season that Grayson McCall you know started to put up the passing yards that we knew he was capable of so it's it's an interesting season um it's a season where I expect Coastal to grow into it which is a shame that you have to play Buffalo and Army in the first three weeks like I'm glad they're playing Army. I'm glad they're they're not playing, you know, two FCS teams. I'm glad they're not playing Kansas again. I'm glad that, you know, there's actual competition on the schedule. But this is a young team. This is a team that's returning six total starters. Like, you, you need some time to bed those guys in. And they don't have it. They start week one with a real challenge. And, and, and a real test of, of their mental fortitude and their, their abilities going forward. One of the best teams that this team is, this program has ever played. Yeah. But they're coming off nine and four seasons. But it's yeah, like, I think this is the best team that Coastal has played on purpose, if you will. This right. is probably Other one of the BYU. best teams that Coastal is playing, not just for the money. Right. But this was what we wanted, though. We we it were is. we were wanting this for the longest. I mean, going back to last year when we started this pod, we were wanting to play tougher competition. And now, and I'm pretty sure they wanted to play tougher competition. You got your now wish. we got it. You got your wish. So let's see. Let's see how good we're gonna see how good this team really is going straight. Because this isn't. We're not playing UMass. We're not playing Citadel. We're not playing Kansas. We're not playing Kansas. This, this is actually a really good schedule. And I like you know the new. Uh, Some belt teams coming in. We got a good. We got an ACC team in uh, Virginia who's up and coming. So I like it. I just I I just think that this is a really good test. Like you said, Curtis, coming out the gate and going all the way to the end of the game, all the way to the end of the season. So we'll see. Right. And last year, I personally think us starting off with those teams. I personally think it hurt us. Like we had a, a good challenge against Buffalo, but besides that, we weren't playing like really great teams. And then when it came to App State. We had a good game, but we just couldn't capitalize. I think starting up early with these really tough teams, I think as we start going down the schedule, I think that's really going to help us. I think we're going to be a lot more prepared than we were last year. So that's what I'm hoping. You know, they want a tough teams. So like Jordan said, you got your wish. We got to we got to capitalize early, and if we do that and we continue down momentum throughout the season, I think we could have one of the best seasons yet. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. Um, moving on to defense a little bit here. Um, Coastal Carolina returns one of the best pass rushers in the country, period, bar none. Uh, Josiah Stewart is an animal coming off the edge. Uh, It's funny, if you look on uh, Coastal Carolina's website at the roster, they actually have his position listed as Bandit, and I think that's perfect for him. That guy is a guy that can steal games for Coastal on the defensive side of the ball. Him and and Gerard Clark, if if Gerard Clark can play to what we know he's capable of, he's a guy that that is frustrating, not because he hasn't played well, but because we see it. We see what he's capable of, and we know what he means to this team in the locker room, and and these coaches believe in him, but he's never really put it on the field. 
if he can get it together this season, he and Josiah Stewart are going to win games from the defensive line this season, and that's super exciting, especially when you're not returning anybody else outside of your two outside corners. That's tough. So those guys are going to have a lot of weight on their shoulders this season. Yeah, one thing, like you mentioned, we don't have a lot of guys returning on defense, but I'm really excited to see all these new guys that weren't able to get in because of just even the names that were in front of them. And the defense we had last year, we were really frustrated with because they kind of came off of a year where they were riding on a scheme that nobody had seen before, a swagger that they just didn't have last year. So I'm excited to see these new faces and new defensive tackle coming in from Georgia Tech. And we have two incredible corners in Lance Boykin and Jordan Strong on the outside. And Spillum is gone. We had lost a lot of guys. Gallagher and Silas, we lost two of our top tackle guys ever. But I really think some guys will be willing to step in and fill in these roles. And honestly, especially in production, I don't know that it will be much worse, if at all, than last year. I just, whatever reason, last year, it wasn't meshing the way it was before. I hope they come in with that chip. I hope they come in with that same swagger we saw two years ago. And nobody knows who a lot of these guys are, so I'm really looking for them to step up. Some guys that we know are lurking in those weight rooms are like Sean Brown, Justin Scola's in there. We got some guys. It's not that we don't have guys and we don't have talent, but they're unexperienced. And good thing they play against the triple option in practice because they're going to need to be, especially that front seven and the linebackers that are going to have to make these reads on the triple option. They have got to be ready week one. And like the corners, I think week one, they're going to be mostly tackling guys because Army doesn't really pass. So it's unfortunate that our strong suit should be in defending the pass. But I'm really excited to see what these young bucks are going to have cooked up for week one. And like I said earlier, we're going to find out everything. You're not going to be able to hide from Army. Whatever weaknesses we have, they're going to exploit it to the max. And but our strengths will also show. So I'm super excited for that matchup week one because it will show us what our defense is made of. Yeah, Curtis brought up uh, Gerard. Um, I, I I expect him to have a big year. He's got to be the leader of that defensive line. Captain now. Yeah, he's got to be that type he's got of guy. To. He's got to make sure that he's plugging in the holes. He's making sure he's getting the tackles in the run game, especially with this Army team. You got to talk about the option that they run. He's got to be one of the main guys getting most of the production and tackles, especially in that game. Yeah. That's, that, that you, it's just you have to be that type of player. And, like, you know, he hasn't had a lot of big games yet, but he's over. He's overdue for a big year, and I think this year is going to be a big year for him. Josh mentioned uh, Lance Boykin and the Jordan Strong. Two ball hogs. Two ball hogs at the corner. Dogs. They, they got to they gotta really – you know, the Jordan's shown it and Lance has shown it. At times, you know, those two got to be the type, the two type of players that we need that no um, quarterback is going to want to try to throw at either side. You put them at both, you know, opposite sides. We want our quarterbacks that we're going to be going up against to not want to throw at any of them. So those two got to step up. Which means the linebackers got to step up. Linebackers as well. You know, we, like you said, we've lost Silas and, and Teddy. You know, the sheriff and the mayor are gone. So we got we to gotta get some new ones in there, make tackles, and – you know, special teams, even special teams, because, you know, we haven't had a good, you know, punting game. Uh, you know, Curtis has been adamant of the punting in the past. I've never seen him punt, but shout out Zach Crenshaw. We're rooting uh, for you, buddy. Well, we're rooting for him. And, and Liam Gray, we're, we're rooting for him as well, because, you know. Yes, sir. Freshman, you know, we, we talked about him some last year. 
coming in in big big moments and big spots. And now there's going to be a time where it's a tie game with three seconds left, and he's going to have to come in and, you know, kick the game with a field goal. So, you know, Massimo, he's not there anymore. So he don't went to Mississippi State. So it's your time yeah. to help him. So we're going to be depending on you. And pretty much everybody's got to step up. And I'm curious to see what Coach um, Chadwell has been doing as far as the play calling. This is one of the best play callers in all of Group of Five and in the FBS. So I'm eager to see what he's got drawn up, uh, maybe some trick plays, things of that nature. But, you know, everybody's got to step up because, you know, this is a new year, new team. Nobody's really expecting much of us. You know, I look Clean at, slate. I looked, at e, I looked at the ESPN rankings, not the rankings, but like the percentages for each game. Yeah. We're expect they ESPN predicts us to lose like five or six games this year. I think they have us going seven and five. So, and not to mention we weren't even ranked in the preseason. So you're telling me that these guys that are coming no votes. in, you tell me these guys that are coming in don't want to prove the doubters wrong. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this team, and I'm excited to see what Coastal is going to look like. You know, going forward. Yeah, for me, it's it, it's one word. It's consistency, you know, and it's like and I'm talking about like not just team consistency, but I'm talking about individual consistency. There have been years where we've seen guys who've had monster years, and in the next year, for some reason, like they just fell off or they had like a drought where they didn't do the same exact thing as last year. Going to it, like I'm not trying to point out like one person in particular, Josiah Stewart had a monster year last year. You know, no one's doubting that. He had an incredible year as a freshman. You know, I want to see if, you did it that last year. I want to see if you do it the same. You do the same exact thing this year. That's what I'm trying to see. That type of consistency, because that right there is what's going to show NFL scouts that you're ready. That right there is what's going to get you into the league. And I think he can do it. I personally think he can do it. To Jordan Strong proved that he could be a lockdown corner. You know, um, I'm expecting him to show that type of consistency. You know, let's lock down the number ones every single time. Then you got other guys coming in that need to go prove themselves. You know, Lance Boyd again. Uh, you got other youngins coming in trying to like again prove themselves, guys who are probably starting their first ever football game in college. So again, this is all about consistency. You know, it's not just the team consistency, but I want to see these individuals also have a really consistent year as well. I want to see Josiah Stewart having that a ten plus that year. I want to see these guys pick up where they left off. I don't want to see them somehow fall down a hill like some guys have in the past. So I'm hoping that they can do it this year, but that's what I'm looking for is consistency. I'm hoping that everybody from last year who did a great job picks up where they left off and continues on. One thing I wanted to add to what you said, just more consistency in the defense as well in terms of like what we're expecting to allow to a good team on a given week. Last year, it could have been three points or it could have been 50 points, and we had no idea what defense was going to go on the on the field any given week. Sometimes it was great, and sometimes it was one of the worst I've ever seen. So consistency, at least to show the offense what they need to be able to do, and at least something that we have to base off of and what we can expect. I'm looking for consistency in the defense especially. I know the offense would be good, but the defense can't be all over the place like they were last year. Right, and just to add on to that, overall, I'm looking for an identity. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for us to build an identity. What type of team are we going to be? What type of defense is going to be? And what type of offense is going to be? That's what I'm looking for, that identity, and to stay consistent with that identity. Yeah, because for a couple of years there, the, the coastal defensive identity was we're not going to take any shit. 
right? Like Gallagher and, and Kelly and and Spillum and and these guys were just, were not taking any shit. Gunter, like, screw you. You might score a couple touchdowns, but you're not gonna bully us. You're not gonna beat us. You're not gonna you're not gonna contend with us. We're gonna outwork you, and. I'm looking for, for this new group to come in and take that and run with it, grow with it, it, it you know, encourage that and, and become the defense that we know they can be, the lockdown defense that we've wanted to have at Coastal Carolina for years but never quite got there. Like you said, Josh, you could go into any given week and you look at the defense and go, yeah, there's no way that, that App State scores more than 10 points. And then you go up to Boone and on paper, what the hell happens? You know, like if you can just get that level of consistency, like like we've wanted this team to have for years, you're man, you're right up there with the best group of five teams in the country. And we're gonna have a Sun Belt preview episode, so I just want to dabble in it just just for a second. The Sun Belt East is the best division in Group of Five. Period. Period, bar none. You have to be good to win that division. I know the American has Cincy, and I know that the Sun Belt West has Louisiana, and I know somebody it, in, no. <laughs> in Ohio is going to argue for the MAC. But Sun Belt East is the best division in Group of Five, and that's where Coastal Carolina plays. There are no off weeks. You can't stop. Isaiah, uh, or not, excuse me, uh, Josiah Stewart has to have a good game every week. And you can't expect that of a guy who's a true sophomore. You need somebody to step up. And that leads me to my next segment of who do you guys think is the breakout star of this season? Who's somebody who's coming into this season either unheralded or new or, you know, someone who's not getting the headlines but you think is going to have a great season? The Jacob Prochet, because, you know, he's been absolutely been working. From what I've been hearing and from what I've been seeing, um, you know, this guy is, you know, one of the hardest working guys on the defense. Um, he was the spring game MV, defensive MVP. And, you know, he they're expecting him to have a big um, impact as well, along with uh, Lance Boykin and the Jordan Strong. So I really expect Jacob Prochet to step up and be one of the the surprise guys. He hasn't really been a surprise guy, but he's made some plays in the past, but now this is like one of the full-time, you know, spots for him to make a name for himself. So I'm expecting Jacob to have a really big game all year long going forward and to help this defense to get to where it needs to be as far as one of the best ball hawking defenses in all group of five. The guy that I have that's going to be my X factor, he's on the defensive side, and he's really I'm really excited to see what he does this year. I'm pretty sure he's slotted to be the starting safety to fill in for Alex Spillum. It's a guy that didn't play the first nine games of the year because he was using his redshirt year, and guys like that didn't get in in like any of those games. But over the course of the last couple of games, earned the coaches' trust enough to be almost damn near starting in that bowl game. It's going to be Dre Pickney, the guy that picked up the interception, picked up the fumble in the cure bowl in the fourth quarter, tackled by Alex Spillum. And he had 14 tackles in three games, but not being not playing multiple time all academic team. Great student of the game, which he's going to need to be at the safety position, especially. So 
He's only he's currently right now a redshirt freshman. He only played in three games last year. But you look for a guy that's going to step up, that earned the coach's trust at the end of last year, and in the biggest stage we had all season, made a play and was able to hold it down in that game. We didn't get burned over top any of those in that game at all. It was the Russian defense. So for him to hold it down, I really think he's going to step up this year. And I don't know, just coming in those last three games and being a student of the game shows me that that's the type of guy that I'm looking at to have a breakout year and feeling at safety. Yeah, well, I mean, you both named uh, defensive players. I'll name an offensive one. I think Tyson Mobley, personally. I think when we're looking at, uh, like, obviously we just got uh, the other pick. We, he, we interviewed him. He seems great. I can't wait to see what he does. And he's a transfer. You know, this is his first season here. Mobley has been here for, like, a, a decent amount of time. I believe this is probably, like, his second year here. And, I mean, like, obviously the first year he got on here really didn't play, that, like, that much, if not at all. Second year, he had like a he had a little bit of moments. I still remember his uh 36 yard touchdown. That was like a really big play. I can't remember what team that was against, but I remember that big play specifically. I just think with you know no Javon Highland, no Isaiah Likely from Cam Brown, I think that Tyson Mobley may potentially be the number one wide receiver to start off this season. I think he's going to have an major impact, and I think he's going to be a really crucial part of whether or not Coastal Carolina football exceeds or they end up or they don't meet expectations. But I really do have a lot of faith in Tyson Mobley. Yeah, I'm going to go off the board. I'm, I'm going to go one defense and one offense. And my defensive one is, is a guy that I was excited about last season. And his injury really cleared the way for what Josiah Stewart became. That's Amadou Fofana, uh, the transfer last season in from Oklahoma State. Defensive end, number 11, 6'4", 255. Like, he showed flashes of what he could do at Oklahoma State, never really broke in, transferred to the group of five for a little bit more playing time, and then unfortunately got hurt in training camp last season and missed the entire season. And I think that guy coming off the other edge uh, from Josiah Stewart, Josiah Stewart's going to get double teamed, and the running back is going to be chipping him on every play. That guy coming off the other end could have a monster season, and, and I really think that he could be devastating for the defense and, and this defensive line that's really one of the more underrated uh, position groups in the, the, the entire uh, country this season. You know, Josiah Stewart's great. We talked already about Gerard Clark. You've got Geiger coming back. You've got Fafana. You've got a couple of guys transferring in from uh, Georgia Tech that are going to make make an impact. And I think this defensive line could be really, really good. My other choice, my choice on offense, is DJ Ivy to transfer in from Indiana. Um, he's a guy that he, he played all 13 games last season, but never really took off. It's hard to take off when you've got a guy like Isaiah Likely. I mean, hell... We're recording this on August 23rd, the day after Isaiah Likely destroyed the Arizona Cardinals. Like, that's the type of guy you were trying to unseat, and he couldn't do it. But I think this season, with Grayson McCall needing a new safety blanket, I think TJ Ivey is that guy. And I think he has the potential to end this season as a first-team all-Sunbelt guy uh, and be in contention for Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year. It's an award that always goes to a quarterback, but... I think this guy's going to put up monster numbers when, you know, Tyson Mobley has to be double covered and Sam Pinckney is really good and you need a new safety blanket. You saw how much Grayson McCall relied on Isaiah Likely. He'll do the same thing with TJ Ivey, and I think he's destined for a really, really good season this year. Yeah, you talk about that. You guys each picked a guy from the offense that I really like. 
TJ Ivy and Tyson Mobley. And I wanted to add in Aaron Bedgood as well. He's another speedster, kind of like Tyson Mobley, but a little more running back-esque. He might have even come into the program as a running back. They use him out of the backfield some. He was in on those jet sweeps last year, scored a touchdown on a jet sweep, but and the guy that played in the bowl game as well. But like you mentioned, we have four guys that we really think of right now, and maybe some guys slip in there, but if the number one receiver, your traditional number one big type of guy that's going to run all the dirty work routes and the curl routes in the corners, Sam Pickney, and then you have two absolute speedsters in the slots or the other outside in Aaron Bedgood and Tyson Mobley, and then you have TJ Ivey holding it at the tight end position with Grayson McCall and those running backs, there's no reason to me that the offense can't put up similar numbers with time. I think it might take a little bit of time, but I can tell you one thing for sure. Tyson Mobley and Aaron Bedgood are faster than any guys we had out there last year, and I'm really excited to see that. Well, you guys mentioned, you know, I'm going to mention somebody, the players that don't get a lot of recognition on the offensive line. So I'm going to come at a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, Danielle Wilson, I'm expecting him to have a big season um, on the offensive line. Uh, Curtis loves Bill Durkin, and we talk about the offensive line a lot. So I figure we go ahead and just mention a few of them out there. Don't, don't you do that to me. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> don't you be spreading lies over there. <laughs> uh, but Danelle Wilson, I'm expecting him to have a big season. Uh, 6'5", 315 pounds. I'm expecting him to have a monster season. To keep He's going to have a big impact in keeping Grace McCall's jersey very clean uh, this year. I'm expecting him to have a big year. And Willie Lampkin. Willie Lampkin doesn't really get a lot of recognition for his offensive line play, um, he's six foot two seventy five, a lot, a lot smaller than Danell, but he actually is one of the premier offensive linemen coming back that actually has experience. These two have experience, so I'm expecting these two to have big seasons this year in uh, protecting Grayson and along with uh, making some scenes for Reese White and um, Braden Bennett along with uh, Aaron Bedgood. So I'm expecting those two to step up on the offensive line and to train the new guys that are coming in to get them on the uh, the level which offensive line play has to be played here at Coastal. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of guys under the radar this season that we're looking forward to. And, you know, I'm sure you can tell through this podcast that, that we're really upbeat and, and we're really excited about what this season can be. Um, that being said, let's jump into season predictions. We'll start with you, Josh. Give us your season record. Give us where Coastal finishes. Do they make a bowl game? Do they not? And if they do, is it bigger than the Cure Bowl was last season? Yeah, so I'm going to be slightly I – I think this is being slightly optimistic with what I know right now, which isn't a lot in all these new guys. I'm going to give us 10-2, and two, and I really think it's going to be hard to beat all of, or especially even three of, Virginia, Marshall, App State, an army. Those are four huge games, but I really think we can get two of them. And I think depending on the seasons of the teams that we end up losing to whoever we, I think we can get a really good bowl game depending on where those losses come. And I would hope, especially if we have some big wins and say we beat army and say we beat, especially if we beat Virginia and Virginia's good with Brennan Armstrong at that stage. And that's a meaningful game. And we beat them. I think we can get in a bowl game bigger than the Cure Bowl. And it's just going to be a matter of is one Sunbelt loss going to keep us out of that title game, which I think it could be. I really do think it could be with 
Marshall, all I'm hearing about Marshall is that they're supposed to be really good. I've seen us two and three on pretty much every Sunbelt East poll. I haven't seen us one anywhere yet, and I don't know if you guys have, but two and three, I know we already know App State's going to be good. I'm not really worried about that because I know the guys are going to want to get their lick back. But I'm going to give it 10 and two. I'm going to give a slightly bigger bowl game than the Cure Bowl, and I'll be optimistic and say that one loss is enough, depending on who it is, to, to get us in that Sunbelt Championship game. And the West has literally nobody. that can. The West first-place team is going to would finish fourth in, or fifth in the East. So we get in the Sunbelt Championship, we win it, we go to a big bowl game. I think we go 10-2. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I think that this team – can run the table. I think we can actually go undefeated. And you guys might be shocked at it. I got a lot of faith in Grayson, and I got a lot of faith in this team. And I feel like the defense is going to step up. I feel like Chad Staggs, he's going to, you know, make, make a lot of adjustments to help this defense to get to where it needs to be. And with the play calling with him and um, Coach Chadwell, I just feel like we can run the table. I mean, I just – I really don't see us losing. I feel like we're going to get App State back at home this year. I feel like we're going to beat Virginia. Something's just telling me we're going to beat Virginia. I just feel like, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just feel like we're going to beat Virginia. I don't care if it's close or not. But, you know, big-time plays – big-time players step up in big-time games. And these these players have come here for one reason and one reason only – and that's to make names of themselves. And I feel like these players are going to come in and make names for themselves. And I see, like, I really think we're going to get we're going to get Georgia State back because they they messed up our homecoming last year. So I feel I, a lot of the teams that we lost to those two teams we lost to we're going to get them back. And I see us beating the newcomers with James Madison, uh, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion along with Marshall. So I feel like we can go undefeated. And I think the bowl game that we're going to go to should be bigger than the Cure Bowl. Um, so I, I see us actually making the New Orleans Bowl in New Orleans. I see us playing down at uh, where the Saints play at. So I, I can see us making that bowl game. Well, if you if you think we run the table, we ain't going to be playing in the New Orleans Bowl. Well, they, That's they, New Year's Six. The only reason I'm saying that is because we, we, we went undefeated in 2020. We should have been in the big bowl game that year, and they didn't put us in a big bowl game. They put us in the – so I'm being – True that. I'm being optimistic and saying we end up – in the New Orleans Bowl, but I would, I would, I, I will always say if we go undefeated to put us in a big game, put us in like a New Year's Six. But they're not, even with the upgraded schedule, they're not going to put us there. So, yeah, you know, like I mean, this year is probably the, the hardest year to predict. You know, it is, it is. the last two, like because last year we had like a like a like a pretty good like you know prediction like wise on what we how we were going to do. Now this is almost like a completely new team. I mean, you think about the guys that are returning. You think about, like, obviously, Grayson, Braden Bennett, uh, Josiah Stewart, Rod Clark. You think about all those guys. And it's safe to say that we do have a really good chance of going undefeated. I completely agree with that. I Just to be safe, I think we're probably going to go 11-1. and one. I think it's all it's going to be all about beating the big brother of the Sun Belt at State. That's what I think it's going to be about. I mean, Buffalo is tough. You know, Army's tough. Virginia's tough. Don't get me wrong. Marshall, but I think – I think App State is the biggest challenge still, even with these new teams coming in. And I think if we could be App State, we could easily go undefeated. But I'm going to be safe. I'm going to say 11-1. I don't think that one loss is going to be too terrible. I don't think it's going to be like a loss where, like, you know, we're like, gosh, what happened? I think it's going to be like a really close competitive game. I say 11-1. I say we get a good bowl game still. And uh, 
this would be safe if I'm going to say 11 and 1, but I do believe this team can definitely go undefeated. It's all about out state, though. I'm all about the New Orleans bowl pick, by the way, Jordan. I was, yeah. <laughs> our, our, uh, our uh, returning listeners know that we made the trip down to Orlando to go with this team to the Cure Bowl. You can bet your ass I'm going to New Orleans to be with this team if that's where we end up. Man, the SHOT Show takes on Bourbon Street is going to be a whole different vibe for this show. <laughs> like, um, that being said. I'm really interested to hear, Kurt. I am a little bit more pessimistic. I think it's hard to return six starters and compete in a division that is much harder than the one you had last season. Marshall is a legitimate team. James Madison has been the second best FCS team for a decade plus, right? Um, you know, you're you're at you still have App State. Old Dominion is not a pushover. They beat Virginia Tech a couple of years ago. Ricky Ronnie, their head coach, is bringing in a lot of talent. And went to that a team is going to be good. Like Virginia is a Power Five team that played in the ACC championship in recent memory. Like this is not an easy step. And Army, we talked about it over and over and over so in this good. episode. That game is real, real hard. And knowing Coastal, like I know Coastal, they're gonna lose a game that they shouldn't. Last year, that was Georgia State at home. They had no business losing that game, and they did. And I don't think this team has the leaders, has the personnel to get them over that hump. I think they'll lose probably to Old Dominion. Like, that's a game on paper that, you know, you ah, that's a win. And you walk away. And I, I, I just have a bad feeling about that weekend. It comes after they'll beat the brakes off of Louisiana Monroe. And they'll be looking ahead to, this is their next... <laughs> this is their next four games after uh, Old Dominion. Marshall, App State, Southern Miss, Virginia. You're telling me they're going to take that Old Dominion game seriously? They don't care. They're already playing Marshall in their heads. So, like, again, do I think they're going to go four and, and eight? No. But I think eight and four is a respectable number. I think they get back to a bowl game. I think if I was a betting man, I'd put down nine and three. I think they lose to Virginia, and I think they lose two Sun Belt games in there and just miss out on the conference title. That's just where I'm at with it. See, smart me wanted to say just that. So I gave him ten and two. I I really just feel like if the if the new tight end comes in and if we can get the receivers to go out and make big plays in our our run game, along with our offensive line play, and our defense can improve dramatically. I feel like we really could go undefeated. I really, I, I don't, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, we've been 22 and three the last two years. I really just feel like in my heart, we can, we can do it. And it's gonna, it's not gonna be easy. I'm not saying this is gonna be an easy game. Like these games are not easy. This is well, this is probably the hardest schedule Coastal football has ever had, period, in history. As of right now, this is hard. This is the hardest schedule. So I just – I really feel like they're going to take take it seriously. And I get what you're saying, Curtis, because we've seen it happen in the past. But I, I think they're going to take Louisiana Monroe and Old Dominion seriously. 
and I really think they're going to pull out those wins. And, like well, and, and here's the other thing that concerns me. I love Jamie Chadwell, and I love his offense. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about is this is year number four with Chadwell and with the same offense. This is year number three on the national stage with that offense. Yep. Like, you're going to get found out eventually, and I, I don't – it's not that I don't trust him, but I'm worried about Jamie Chadwell not adjusting as he should, and I'm worried about the offense getting figured out. And then you have to rely on Grayson McCall in an offense that is very good, but now no longer works to carry your team through his pure talent. And, and that worries me against teams that are really good. Now, here's the caveat, right? Nine and three is my prediction. And the reason I say that, and I, I pointed out that four-game stretch, but really you can extend it to a six-game stretch. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Coastal is 6-0 and going, you know, like Army, Gardner-Webb, Buffalo, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, ULM. Those are all winnable games, and I think they probably will. I don't think there's a loss in there. So can you keep that momentum rolling? Do defenses figure out your offense, especially when the second half of your schedule is absolutely brutal? At Marshall, App State at home. Southern Miss at home, another new member of the Sun Belt who's coming for you, right? Like that's this this new blood has to prove themselves. Do they need to prove themselves as worthy to be in the Sun Belt? No, they're all worthy teams, but they have to prove that they belong and that they're competitive. Then you go at Virginia again. We talked about that before, and then you go at James Madison to finish the season. That's tough, and, and that's why I'm going nine and three, and, and I think that they can do better. It wouldn't surprise me if they did worse, but I think that's where they end up is at nine and three and in probably the cure ball again. Well, yeah, and I th- I think we're gonna talk about this a lot more. I know we are, but that first game is li- is gonna be the most important game. I don't want to say in this school's history, but to set the tone for this season with these group of guys, we have to win that first game, or I don't see it going very well. So I'm I'm with you, Curtis. I, the reason, but the only thing is, I'm going to say, going into the App State game, I think they're going to be – both teams should be undefeated. I think both teams might be undefeated. I'm not certain about – App State playing North Carolina, right? App State's playing North Carolina and Texas A&M. Never no, mind. I think they'll – No, 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 no. Never mind. Never mind. Be, I think they'll beat North Carolina, though. Whoa. No question. got a, a really good chance of beating North Carolina. There's no way – Sam Howell was not the starting quarterback. There's no way in hell they beat the Brinks truck that bought – Texas A&M, the best there's no way class in history. Like, there's no or, way they beat that team. If they play there. well in that game, they'll move up in the That's, that's how we take right. If yeah. they at least play good in that game, going into that game. Because I think right. we could easily go – I think we could go undefeated going into the App State game. It's and, not bad until then. No. But this Army game is, is brutal. Yeah, that's going to tell the tale right there. So. I – for some reason, I'm still looking at at state. Army's the first game. I mean, you really got to think about it. Army is coming into our stadium with a whole swarm of teal fans. Probably the most packed game of the season. I think that's gonna be a lot. All right, look. I hope our fan base got a little better. Am I optimistic about it? Yes. Do I think it's gonna happen? Probably not. But listen, look now with me. We'll talk about this. Think them. Them army boys are doing five a.m.s right now. They've been doing them since June together. Right. True. I still think at the end of the day, 
our schedule will, will still be centered around App State because I like what Curtis just said. You know, with the way with the way Coastal has been, you know, there's been games where like we have a big win and then we come the next day and like we don't perform the same way. That App State game, I think that really, I think that really fills into that circle because if we end up beating App State, I want to see what the attitude is like coming into the next week. I want to see whether they're going to be pushovers or whether they're going to carry the momentum on. And that's something that we got. That's something that Coastal has to prove to us. I do think this team can go eleven and one. Who do, who are they going to lose to? I don't know. I think our biggest. I personally still think our toughest challenge is App State. I truly believe that. Even though even though Army's a great team and Marshall is too, and Virginia, they're great teams. I'm not taking nothing away from them. Until we beat that big brother, that's when uh, that's right there will always be the biggest challenge for me. Until we beat that big brother. For me, the, like if we have a good record, the success, regardless of what our record is, if it's good, the success of the season for me is going to be determined on two things. Are we in the conference championship game or did we beat out of state? Like you said, Mario, that's right now the Sun. They took the Sun Belt back. It runs through them. It still does. They showed that it was a quote unquote fluke, and that's huge. People are sleeping on Virginia as well. Hey, like, I'm telling you, Virginia is no push. Over either, uh, I don't, I don't know the name of their quarterback, but I've seen Brendan Armstrong. Brendan Armstrong. They, everybody's been tired. Five thousand yards last year. They've been hyping up the matchup with him and Grayson. That's going to be another game to watch too. I'm not going. I'm not sitting here saying that we're going to go in there, we're going to blow out Virginia. I'm not saying that at all. That's going to be a dog fight in itself. This is an ACC team. They're not going to come. They're not going to let a Sun Belt team come into their house and try to, you know, pull the upset on them. So we need to really look at. Virginia as well, because that's going to be one to circle as well. Because I, th- I think we're going to have a lot of five or six super close games this year, and I think we're going to tell early on if we're good in close games or not, because we're going to be in a lot of them, I think. And it's just going to be like last year, I didn't feel too great about us in close games. The year before, I felt great. But if we can pull out, we're going to be in those games, every single one, of them. but they're all going to be close, and it's going to depend on if we can pull those out. But with number 10, I like it. I can't disagree with that. I, I believe in number 10, and I believe in what he can do with this team. And, you know, you're four under Chadwell, and we'll see where this thing goes. But Teal and Bronze always, we're, uh, we're excited. We'll be back with a lot more shows. You know, uh, Josh and Mario just got moved back into campus. Classes start up here real soon. With that, we'll be always on, like, a, a regular schedule now. Um, I know part of the the biggest thing over the summer and why we kind of went dormant for a couple months was, you know, we were all off doing different things and whatever, but now that, you know, we're back on set schedules, it helps us and it will help you guys a lot too, because we'll be coming to you a lot more often. But with that being said, for Josh, Mario, and Jordan, I'm Curtis signing off. Follow us on Twitter at The Shot Show, on Instagram at Shot Show. Send us ideas for shows. Send us, you know, your predictions. We want to know what you think. How are you feeling going into this season? What's your record prediction? And who do you think is the MVP of this Coastal Carolina team come the end of the season? Be creative. Don't everyone pick Grayson McCall, please. Sean's up. We'll see you real soon, guys.